This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Hour number two of Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. Find me as well at Amber W Sports. You heard it there. It is Tuesday. It's Tuesday, which means Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show. And so it is. And so he says, let's get to it. Now pay attention. Joe and Amber, Aaron Rodgers watch. It's that time. We are officially on the Aaron Rodgers watch. And of course, on Tuesdays, he goes on Pat McAfee and he says the things. And today, the thing was about this darkness retreat that Aaron Rodgers has coming up. And apparently he revealed he has it coming up at the end of this week. Listen, I'm not in my darkness retreat yet. What? Oh, yesterday. What? Nope. This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always the end of this week. Oh. So anybody with knowledge to the opposite of that is fake news. Whoa. So let me just reiterate one more time. There's an inner circle, right? And in my inner circle, nobody talks to Ian Rappaport, to Adam Schefter. What? to any of those people. So if you're one of those people who's talking to those people, it's a great reminder for you, you're not in the inner circle. Oh! Damn. That was a hanging on somebody there. And if anybody else is out there saying stuff, or if they're just making it up, which is also, those are both likely, just stop with the fake news. I speak for myself. I will continue to do that. That was an Aaron Rodgers watch. All right, I, I, got, I got to say a couple things here. Aaron Rodgers, like the the usage of fake news and fully leaning into this fake news nonsense that he does, like it's, it's a little overused at this point, Aaron, okay? Second of all, because I, he goes full fake news every single time he's on Pat McAfee now. He's like, fake news, fake news, fake news. Okay, buddy. Uh, where quick, all the, where quick is follow all this? up. Quick yes. follow up on that. If the news is in fact fake, you still don't like him saying that? I don't believe it. First of all, I don't believe that Air, that Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter are making anything up. Okay, so there's that because that's not what they're in the business of doing. Neither of those guys are probably in the business of making anything up that ain't sourced. They're quite literally reporting and breaking news. So you and I might make stuff up because we're over here. We're, we're talking heads. We ain't reporters. Okay, we don't have to have the integrity. I can say stuff about all Aaron right, Rodgers all day long. I'm just saying. I have no sources on Aaron Rodgers. I have my opinions on Aaron Rodgers. That's all I've got. That's all I bring to the table. But these people whose jobs are quite literally to break news have sources and they are sourced. Now, maybe those sources have inaccurate information, but I wouldn't say it's the problem of the newsbreakers so much. Maybe there are people who think that they have ties to Aaron Rodgers that maybe don't have as close a ties to Aaron Rodgers that they think and whatever. Aaron Rodgers is saying that he has a select view, but what Aaron Rodgers is also saying, if you read between the lines of that soundbite, is that he controls the news, that he controls everything that's going out. And it's interesting because Aaron Rodgers is always in the news. And so that lets you know in whatever way, no matter who he's talking to or who his inner circle is talking to, that he controls the message. The message is important to him, but also that he wants the message out. And that's the reality of it. See, Rogers is awesome. Again, I have to disagree with you. I love this because I think he's practicing a little spy craft here. I think what he's doing is disinforming. For those who don't know what disinformation is, I think Rogers is giving, quote, details of his life 
to certain individuals to see if it flushes out the other side. Leonardo DiCaprio talked about this in The Departed, right? When they were trying to figure out the rat. You give a piece of information to one part of the police department, and if it comes out the other side, you know that's where the leak is. That's what Rogers is doing. He's leaking information to certain individuals that think they're in his inner circle, and if McAfee or anyone else is reporting it, then he knows those people are the leak, and he cuts them out of their inner circle. Again, so Rogers, Rogers playing chess. When everyone else is playing checkers. Yeah. And then you go out there and he creates the fake news and then he accuses everyone else of reporting the fake news. The guy's light years ahead of everyone else. I don't know when you're, when you're going to, how long is it take you to catch up with this? Honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm nauseated by it because what we don't need in this, I, I, I just, it's the whole thing is nauseating. What I don't need is to hear any more about how like all of us are out here in the media and like we all have some evil plan because we're all fake news and we're all part of like some, you know, script, some conspiracy. We all have one think. Uh, we all have one viewpoint. We all have the same views on everything, which is bizarre because there's so many tens of thousands of us who work in the media. And that's the whole idea behind it. And we're all out here with zero integrity and making things up. And all I'm saying is that Joe and Amber may have our opinions and we may be out here, uh, you know, expressing our opinions, but not everybody in this business uh, is, is here to give opinions. Some people are trying to give sourced information. There is some journalism left in this world, not much. And Aaron Rodgers is trying to kill what's left of it. Like that's, that's the reality. I would like to make it very clear. My opinion, very, very distanced from your opinion. You very much anti Rogers, <laughs> always this. looking I'm to bring him down. I am man. a big fan of Rogers. I very much want to find out about the darkness retreat. I hope he gives a full breakdown on it. I'd imagine McAfee is going to grill him on that, not just ask him how it was grill and him. move on. McAfee I want the full grill breakdown. him on anything. Please. It's the most friendly show ever. That's why he goes on it. I think he owns equity and he helps yes. the stock every single week when he goes on that show. And by the way, for all the trash that Aaron Rodgers talks about the media, he's going to become one of us after his career. That seems pretty obvious. Do at you this think point. so? Aaron Rodgers. Yes. I think he's going to do it in some sort of Pat McAfee show sort of way. Like he'll have the Aaron Rodgers show this dude wants to continue to be a superstar this dude loves the attention this dude loves the messaging and he loves toying with the media one day he'll end up being part of the media Aaron Rodgers Packers quarterback again Pat McAfee's show he was asked about his future so are you saying like can we count on talking to you next year on Tuesdays on your off day when you're playing for the Packers listen I would love to uh to continue uh, with it, it's a lot of fun for me. Regardless of what uh, what I decide to do, I would love to uh, continue to talk to you guys in some capacity. We'll kind of meet that bridge when we uh, when we get there. Green Bay, hey, home sweet home. Eighteen years, man. It's a long time. That's, that's wow. always going to be home. I'm glad he Mac hates if the he media. Hard he at the loves. End there to get it. Right, he did. Uh, I, I love how he. I love how he hates the media, but man, does he love to to be on it, huh? He loves it. Loves he to be on podcasts. The hates the media. Loves to be on podcasts. Look, guy. it's in, it's in, it's 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 a it's pretty savvy play to understand that, given your position and given the manner in which you go about your business, and part of it is a very newsworthy manner in which he goes about his business. You want to make sure that you have some say in the narrative, unless you're one of these people that honestly couldn't care less what people say about you. Like Kawhi Leonard. I don't think Kawhi Leonard gives a damn what anyone on on earth thinks about him. So if people want to talk about how he's soft, he doesn't play enough games, he's what's wrong with the NBA, I don't think that bothers him at all. He has no desire to get out there and correct that narrative. 
Rogers, like the majority of people, probably understands and, and, and hears what people say and wants to make sure that he's not being painted in an unfavorable light. So he wants to control the narrative. So he goes on a massive platform every week in the Pat McAfee show that every single person from a major network like ESPN or elsewhere is going to pay attention to what's said, grab the sound bites, and then we're all going to report on it. It's beautiful for him because he is able to, in a very controlled, safe environment, correct anything that might be out there that's wrong. He might be able to get his messaging across to the Packers without having to tell them directly. It's a smart PR move from his perspective to get his messaging out there. Whether or not you agree, and I understand he rubs people the wrong way, but it is a savvy play from a PR perspective. See, I under, this idea that like he's so victimized by the, which is essentially what you're doing. Like Aaron Rodgers needs to have like his own. He needs to control the message because otherwise he's like just a victim of all of us. Like none of us give Aaron Rodgers the respect. Like he's a quarterback that all we've all done is sit here for a decade and, ta- and a half and talk about how he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation. Some people have him as one of the greatest of all time. The man's won one Super Bowl. Like the man has underperformed so many times, and yet. The media largely has been unbelievably favorable to Aaron Rodgers in every single way. He's been a darling of the media for a very, very, very long time and for a whole lot of years. So I'm sure that there's a desire by any person who's famous to somewhat control their own narrative. But I guess to your point, if Kawhi Leonard came out and he was like, eh, I don't really mess with the media. It ain't for me. Like, and he wants to say something negative about the media. Okay. I just find it ironic. The person who goes every single week and insults the media is doing it quite literally on a media platform and then continues to toy with us all and utilize us and say the things to get us all talking about him on our platform all day, every single day. I don't think Aaron Rodgers actually hates the media. I think Aaron Rodgers loves it and wants all the attention in the world. Kawhi Leonard does not. Joanne Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. How is he going to control the uh, narrative when he's on his darkness retreats? Maybe he's going to have to think about that one. Do they have access to the Pat McAfee show when he's in darkness? Maybe that's why he's only doing it for four days so he can make his uh, next Tuesday date with Pat McAfee. Coming up next, some of your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Plus, the Ravens hired a new OC. What is Lamar Jackson's future, though, with that team? Are they going to franchise him? What is happening? Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We love when you join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's the number. That's how you do it. I see you, Scott. I see you, Roy. Hang on for me. But first, let's try to earn you a little more cash. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. This one doesn't start until Thursday. It's the Genesis Invitational Riviera Country Club. Little golf action for pizza money tonight. Tiger Woods over under opening round score is 73 and a half. We are going to play the over. Tiger, since 2006, has played Riviera three times. 2018, 2019, and 2020. And during those 10 rounds, yes, 10, because he did miss the cut, he averaged a score of 72.1. Now that comes in just under the 73 and a half the books are asking him to get for his prop. So why would we go over? Well, this was all pre-car accident, and it was also when Tiger Woods wasn't 47 years of age. We also haven't seen him in a competitive tournament since last year's Open Championship, and the ability to walk four rounds, while it doesn't matter here, that could get to him later in the tournament. So... Pizza money number three, Thursday. Tiger Woods, first round at the Genesis Invitational. We are betting he goes over 73 and a half for his score. All right, I teased it. I said we were going to get to your phone calls. We love when you chime in without us even requesting that you do. 888-729-3776. Scott is in Baltimore. Scott, thanks for the call. What do you want to talk about? Hey, good evening. How are you? We're great. Thanks, Scott. Good. Um... First of all, I want to preface it by saying, you know, I commend both of you when you give an opinion because you preface your comments by saying it is our opinion. What really makes me cringe is when I constantly hear so many of your colleagues, and I'm going to include Adam Schefter in this, when we hear, according to my sources, uh, anonymous sources tell me this, that, whatever. To me, that doesn't carry any credibility. Um, Yes, reputation speaks for itself, but how do we know this isn't just somebody expounding on their own belief and their own whatever? If you can't put a name to a quote, with all due respect, I don't find it credible, and I don't want to hear it. Well, thanks for the call. Uh, The problem with that is that's sort of what journalism is, right? I mean, people don't give information often if the source has to be revealed. There's quite literally laws that protect those sorts of things. And there's quite literally people willing, journalists willing to go to prison in certain situations to protect their sources, Joe. Like this is a story as old as journalism has been told. And that's the reality of it. The reason that people are willing to talk to reporters and news breakers in this world is to do so often anonymously. So news breakers certainly cannot reveal all of their sources or also they wouldn't be able to break the news. They wouldn't have access to it. That's sort of how things work in journalism. And Joe and I have to don't want to function in that world. Neither of us claim to be journalists. We're just not. We're transparent about that. You know, based on that criteria, we would never have had the Watergate scandal broken, right? Like I'm pretty sure that guy's real name was Deep Throat. 
Right. <laughs> so like just about any, like about anything, you know, I mean, uh, there's a million famous examples throughout all of history and sports journalism is the same sort of thing. Like, yeah, the stakes may not seem as high, but again, these inner circles talk, these teams talk, teammates talk, people close to players, coaches, you know, all these staffers, whatnot, they talk. And all of that happens anonymously because obviously if those things were revealed, then people wouldn't do as much talking. It's kind of how it works. Roy is in a truck. Roy, what do you have for us tonight? Hey, Amber, Joe, happy Valentine's Day. Listen, I am so sick of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's comical, okay? And like you were saying, he's been in the league for what, how many years? 18 or something like that? He's won one championship. Uh, he's the greatest, one of the greatest. I'm like, really, man? You got to do better than that. And I really hope that uh, the Ravens quarterback, um, what's his name? I forget. Lamar I Jackson. Comes back really, yeah, Lamar. I hope he comes back really, really strong. And really, I don't think he ought to even play for the Ravens anymore because they really didn't treat him right. Even though he didn't have an agent. Come on. I mean, how much do you guys often, how much do you guys think that man is worth? He's worth more than Dak Prescott. Way more. So you I, tell me. What do you I, think? Yeah, I agree he's worth more than Dak. We are going to get into the situation with Lamar Jackson uh, very shortly here. Amber and Joe taking you up until 9 o'clock Eastern. Triple H, say ESPN, that's the number. But in terms of being sick of Aaron Rodgers, the one thing I will say, though, Joe, that I cannot deny, even though I sit here and I tend to bulk against Aaron Rodgers when he's on the McAfee show every week. The one thing I cannot deny is the man rates. And you can tell that by the phone line right now. <laughs> I mean, people are interested. Everyone can say they're tired of it, but it's the same thing with Stephen A. talking about LeBron James every day, talking about Dak Prescott every day. A lot of people don't go on TV doing the same thing over and over in terms of topics because they're just taking a shot in the dark. They're talking about the things people want to hear about. Now, can it become redundant for some? Yes, absolutely. But the reality is topic structure in this industry is based on what the majority of people want to hear. Because if the majority of people want to hear it, you are going to draw a better rating. And if you draw a better rating, you are going to make more money. And if you make more money, the company is going to be happy. And as a result, it all trickles down through everyone. That's the hierarchy. Rogers is the type of guy who rates, which is why people talk about him as much as they do. And he wants to rate. I guess that's my one of my issues with Aaron Rodgers is that he seems to sort of uh, criticize the entire industry that I work in while also I feel like capitalizing on it fully. Because Aaron Rodgers does strike me as a player who wants to rate. He enjoys rating. It's why he goes on McAfee. It's why he goes in front of those microphones. He says the things. He's very calculated. He's a smart dude. He knows everything he's doing. He knows everything that comes out of his mouth that we are going to talk about on Joe and Amber. Like, he knows. And it's why he does it. He loves it. He toys with us all, but then he insults us in the process while he's doing it. And that really is what frustrates me about Aaron Rodgers. That being said, we're going to keep talking about him. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber, find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also always join the conversation on the call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's how you find us. 
Help people affected by the Turkey earthquake. Please visit redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. Your donation enables the Red Cross to prepare for, respond to, and help people recover from this disaster and will provide people with communities affected with food, shelter, relief, supplies, recovery planning support, and plenty of other assistance. That is redcross.org slash ESPN. So the Ravens have hired a new offensive of coordinator Todd Munkin from Georgia will now be the OC of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Georgia turned to a familiar face. Uh, they hired, anal- they promoted, I should say, analyst Mike Bobo to OC. So they've already filled that role as well. But what this means for the Baltimore Ravens is they have a new OC in place. What we don't know for the Baltimore Ravens is whether they have their quarterback still in place. We know that negotiations have been going on for something like a couple years at this point between Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. It doesn't appear that the two sides are any closer at some point here. Are the Ravens going to utilize the franchise tag? It seems by all accounts, yes. But then, of course, the question becomes, Joe, is he going to sign the franchise tag? Well, let's start with the breakdown on Monken, who's now going to take over as the offensive coordinator in Baltimore. You don't need to know a whole lot about what he did in Georgia. You saw it on TV the last two years as they were winning national championships, and he was taking Stetson Bennett, who was not a five-star recruit, who was a walk-on, a walk-on, and turning him into a Heisman Trophy finalist. That's what he did with Stetson Bennett. That's what he did with the University of Georgia. A lot of people deserve credit for what's happened down there. Monken's one of them. He's been in the NFL before, most recently as the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns in 2019. Now, he took over an offense that ranked 13th in the NFL in total yardage, 20th in scoring. They took a big step back under him. They went from 13th in total offense to 22nd. They went from 20th in scoring to 22nd. If you remember, that was the Freddie Kitchens year in Cleveland. Not exactly a banner year for the Browns all the way around. He also, however, had a stint in Tampa Bay prior to that. He took over a team that ranked ninth in total offense and turned them into the number three ranked offense in the NFL. They were 18th in scoring and jumped up to 12th after he took over. So he's had success in the NFL before. He had a lot of success at Georgia, and now he's tasked with turning around a Baltimore offense that has grown stagnant with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. Robert Griffin III had a fantastic tweet and breakdown recently. This was back on January 19th about Greg Roman. He knows Greg Roman. He was in Baltimore. He was a part of that offense. He had this to say, quote, Greg Roman, and by the way, that's the former offensive coordinator of the Ravens. Greg Roman may be of the greatest run game tacticians I have ever been around at the NFL level. Running backs and tight ends love his system because they eat. Wide receivers absolutely hate it. That's why free agent wide receivers didn't want to go to or stay in Baltimore. It was never about Lamar Jackson, end quote. That is a fascinating insight from a quarterback who played in the Baltimore system and who understood the dynamics between what Greg Roman was coaching and trying to accomplish and how the team around it fared and responded. It's been a problem trying to get elite wide receivers to the Ravens to support Lamar Jackson. Now you have to wonder if Todd Monken's taking over and you can bring some wide receivers in, A, what does that do to the offense? And B, does it make Jackson happy to the point where he signs a contract? I don't think those two things go hand in hand. I think they are very different things. 
Lamar doesn't seem like he's unhappy to me because of a lack of weapons around him, that that's the sticking point here. Not saying that he's happy with the lack of weapons, but it seems like more of a sticking point to me from the outside looking in for all of us from the outside looking in than it does for the situation between Lamar and the Ravens. The problem between Lamar and the Ravens seems to be money. And it's very easy. A lot of people are saying, what are the Ravens doing? Like, pay that man. He's Lamar Jackson. He's got an MVP. Most everybody thinks that he's good enough to get them to a Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl. So what are you doing? Pay that man. When's that coming around again? The thing is, though, I think that's something that's easy for all of us to say when we don't really know what it is about the money. That's the sticking point. I think that we're making this assumption, and I hear it, frankly, all across our platforms where people are just acting like the Ravens don't want to pay Lamar. And I can't imagine it's that simple. Maybe they don't. Or maybe there's something specific in terms of what Lamar is asking for, which I think tends to be more likely, the more likely scenario here that is making the Ravens uncomfortable. And my guess is it is the guaranteed money. My guess is Lamar Jackson wants to be Deshaun Watson and then some. And we've only ever seen one player in NFL history be Deshaun Watson, and his name is Deshaun Watson in terms of the guaranteed money. That's it. That was an incredibly unusual situation, a very, very desperate Cleveland Browns team and they handed him a couple hundred million guaranteed. It's completely unheard of in the NFL. And Lamar's looking at that like, hey, I'm better than that dude and I don't have all that stuff in my past, the reprehensible stuff that that dude has so I should be able to get that done. And the Ravens are probably, for their standpoint, looking at it like, no, that's the outlier. We aren't the Browns. Nobody's ever done this. And even though we think that you're great and we value you, we're not going to allow this to be the trend from an ownership perspective in the NFL and frankly there's probably some pressure from the other owners not to allow that to continue to forward and to start to be a trend here in the NFL and if that is the sticking point then you could see where this would be a hard problem to solve if nobody's willing to budge but Joe I just have a hard time imagining it's something like Lamar wants 150 and the Ravens are like no we're not going past 100 you know and it's like not about the something more specific than the guaranteed money if it was just about the size of the overall contract I feel like we would have already had a deal done by now so in terms of the amount of money guaranteed at signing here are the 2023 rankings in the NFL Deshaun Watson number one all 230 million dollars of his contract is guaranteed number two Russell Wilson significant drop off 124 million guaranteed it's $100 million less. Then you've got Kyler Murray at $103 million, Aaron Rodgers at $101 million, Josh Allen at $100 million, Dak Prescott at $95 million. You'll notice you have to go all the way down to number 12 to find Patrick Mahomes at $63 million. He's behind a, an offensive tackle in Ronnie Stanley. He's behind Carson Wentz, Joey Bosa, TJ Watt, Matt Ryan. But obviously his deal, when it talks about practical guaranteed, is up around $141 million. So there is a big drop off between what Deshaun Watson got and what everybody else got. If he exactly. wants Deshaun Watson money... I think to your point, there's nobody in the NFL who's going to agree to something like that. That was Cleveland being Cleveland, doing stupid business like they've done stupid. over the last 20 <laughs> plus years with the rest of the NFL looking at them thinking, what are you doing? You're screwing this up for everyone. We've gone a long way without giving the players the NBA type treatment or the MLB type treatment. Why did you guys have to go that far? Why? Because they're Cleveland. Because desperate people, desperate animals, desperate teams do desperate things. And that results in a $230 million 
fully guaranteed contract for Deshaun Watson that comes nothing close to what anyone else in the NHL, or excuse me, NFL currently has. And as good as Lamar Jackson has been, he hasn't won a Super Bowl for them. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl for them. Like everybody acts like Lamar, and we all think he's good. But we're also all out here in the offseasons having debates as if, he, if he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. And some people leave him off those lists. There's still a lot here to be accomplished by Lamar Jackson. And also now you have the added factor is can Lamar stay on the football field? So I do think some of our analysis, even across our own network, I think some of our analysis falls short when it's like, yo, that guy's really good. Pay him. He won an MVP. If I'm the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, I could understand how it may not be that simple of a conversation even if you also agree that you have a very, very special quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Bill is in Nashville. Bill gave us a call on Triple Eight Say ESPN. Bill, thanks for the call. What do you have for us on Lamar? You know, um, I, I had let off. Well, first thing I got to qualify. I recognize NFL, if they should get paid whatever they can. They're one play away from you know losing their income source. So I totally understand that. But, you know, uh, back in the day, Sam Bradford was the last guaranteed money, like, you know, whenever uh, they, they paid them early. So they made those changes, like, so the owners would protect themselves from themselves. And I just wonder how it's, like, got so out of whack. I mean, when you, I'm glad you gave that stat about Mahomes. To me, he's the barometer. I mean, everybody else, I don't understand why it's, like, the next guy in line is supposed to get more. And even if you look at the Ravens, I mean, they won with Trent Dilfer. They won with Joe Flacco, who bet on himself. I mean, he parlayed that into $20 million, and now it's, you know, much more than that. But I just would like somebody to historically look like, why does it get like this, you know? And then you look at Brady, he always took a discount, and that's why he kept winning. So I know that's very loaded, but I'd like somebody to speak to that. You guys are the experts. So. Yeah, we, we appreciate the call, Bill. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I mean, some of what Bill was just referencing, of course, is just the revenue gains in the sport and because of it and the television deals and because of it, the increase in the salary cap each and every year, right? So when you go back and you're comparing these salaries to yesteryear and you continue to see that salary cap grow and so there's more money for these owners to work with when they're paying these players, there is going to be some semblance, Joe, of a natural increase in quarterback salaries. And then, of course, the importance of that position, how that position has been protected over the years with the rules changes and everything else that they've implemented and put into place, and then just how hard it is to find top-tier quarterbacks as well. It is rare that the best player at the position is also the highest paid player at the position because you can be the best player and you can get the contract that puts you in a position where you're making more than anyone else. And then, like you said, one year happens, revenues go up, salary caps go up. Another player puts up comparable numbers, close numbers. He might not be the best in the game, but he's going to reset the market. And on and on we go. Rarely is the highest paid. I mean, Deshaun Watson has $230 million guaranteed. He sucked last year sucked he wasn't anywhere close to being competent and even when he was good nobody was saying he was better than Patrick Mahomes you know I mean Deshaun Watson was phenomenal in in at in Houston before he goes on a a near two-year hiatus but nobody was saying that that yes he was a top five quarterback a lot of people would say in the league nobody was saying like he's better than Patrick Mahomes like he was the absolute best quarterback in the league but he's paid like this because again circumstances have changed since even Patrick Mahomes was handed 
Patrick Mahomes contract, which that next contract is going to look different for Mahomes too. But then again, it'll look different for somebody after Mahomes. So that's sort of part of why that natural ebb and flow happens with these salaries. Lamar feels like he's in a bargaining position now where he wants to get paid now by these standards. And he feels like Deshaun Watson has become the standard. I think the Baltimore Ravens are trying to say Deshaun Watson ain't the standard. And by the way, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are certainly, and Jalen Hurts are certainly about to be part of this conversation as well because all of those quarterbacks are about to get extended too. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, your turn to weigh in. Triple eight say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Give us your calls. You got them. We love them. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber, Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. Find him at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also give us a call. And boy, are you doing that? Triple eight, say ESPN. We appreciate you. We're going to get to your phone calls in just moments. But first, Joe has a little bit more of the betting advice. Let's earn you some more pizza money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Invitational, which tees off Thursday and runs through Sunday, hopefully, for our bet. We're going to go with a little plus money action here. Adam Scott, former Masters winner, plus 210 to finish in the top 20. little prop action for you. He won this event three years ago. He's got seven top 10s in 14 career starts at Riviera. Loves this course, performs well at this course, performed well recently at this course. We saw him a few weeks ago at the Sony in the middle of January. He finished 21st, so from what we understand, he's in decent form right now. Final pizza money of the night. This one should carry you through the weekend. Adam Scott to finish in the top 20 at the Genesis Invitational at a price of plus 210. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Let's do it. Let's play Caller Roulette. Triple Eight. Say ESPN. That's the number. That's where we find. Oh, let's spin the wheel first. That's where we find all the callers, James Steele. I didn't forget to spin that wheel. I spun it. I almost forgot. Almost I spun forgot. it. Yeah. I almost forgot. I, was I spun almost it. Very angry. Well, it was helpful that you highlighted spin the wheel <laughs> in all caps on the screen. Bo is in Indianapolis. Bo, thanks for the call. What do you have for us tonight? Always good to listen to you guys. By the way, you guys are fantastic. But you knew that. You already knew that. I didn't have thanks, to tell you that on Valentine's Day. Didn't have to tell you that. So I don't need to self wash it. But either way, come on. What's the deal with the Indy Philly connection here? You know, Carson Wentz didn't quite work out. We go ahead and hand in old Nick Sirianni, and two years later, he goes to the Super Bowl. And now Nick hands us Shane back. Is that like a little give and take? Or what do you guys think about Shane? Talk about quarterback. Talk about he's like now our new quarterback guru since he turned their quarterback around. Go ahead, and I'll uh, just sit back and listen. Uh, here's to hoping, right? I mean, listen, that Eagles offense looked pretty darn good, and he certainly had Jalen uh, go from a questioned quarterback last season. That's a fair way to say it, uh, with a disappointing postseason performance last season to a quarterback that if any in any other world with any other opponent would have won a Super Bowl this season if not for playing Patrick Mahomes, the one and only guy, frankly, that could have overcome the statistics that Jalen Hurts put up. I, I mean, I think it's a good hire for Indy. I actually watched the whole press conference today, Joe. You know, it wasn't anything uh, crazy coming out of it. But yeah, I think it's a solid hire there for the Colts. 
Indianapolis has a fascination with Philadelphia. They hired Frank Reich from Philadelphia. They traded for Carson Wentz from Philadelphia. Now Shane Striken. They've gone ahead and taken him. I want to point something out, though. Five head coaching vacancies this offseason. All five are guys from the NFL. Last year, 2022, 10 coaching vacancies. All 10 were NFL guys. The last time a college coach was hired as an NFL coach was... 2021 Urban Meyer to Jacksonville. Urban Meyer did such a bad job that over the last two years, there isn't a single team interested in bringing a college guy to the NFL ranks. 15 jobs have been open over the last two years. All 15 have been filled by NFL guys. I forgot about Urban. Uh, Cliff didn't help either, uh, I would imagine, uh, on that front. Let's go ahead and spin the wheel. Denise. Denise is in Arizona. I just got back from Arizona hours ago. Thanks for the call, Denise. What do you have for us? Hi. I'm going to talk about you two. I just want to tell you, Amber and Joe, this is the best programming ESPN has done for radio. Thank you so much. Amber, your intelligence, your sports acumen, Joe, your honesty about music, pizza money. I love you guys. I have an hour and a half commute from work to home when I'm not traveling or attending sporting events. I just love you. Thank you, Denise, Denise, quick question before you hang up. Denise, quick question before you hang up. Which of us are you biologically related to? (laughs) Both. No no relation. No relation. Uh, That I know of. Denise, we love you too. Thank you. Mother, father. What <laughs> thank, a sweetheart. Thank you, thank you so much for the call, Denise. Uh, we love calls like that. We encourage calls like that. Triple H, say ESPN. You can always call. And what just a sweetheart. How great we are. Uh, yes, we, we, we love that. Uh, thank you so much, Denise, for chiming in. Uh, we're, what, just over a month in now on Joe and Amber. So we will take all the compliments that we can get. Let's spin that wheel. Leroy, Leroy is in Minneapolis. I have no idea why, but I was hearing Leroy, our producer, James Steele, be very obnoxious to you during the break and ask you how you spell the word Minneapolis. I feel like he could have just given it a Google. Hopefully he didn't bore you too much. What's up, Leroy? Hey, we we love spelling up here. Can you hear me? (laughs) I can hear you. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, um, not much. Hey, thank you guys for doing the program. I've listened to you uh, for a few nights here, just driving my kid to basketball and stuff. It's great stuff. Uh, always great insight, good, good, good topics. Um, so I wanted to, so you guys are talking about quarterback salaries. So answer me this question. Got a question for you guys. So I feel like what often happens are owners are retroactively paying quarterbacks for making them competitive in the past, right? So you see guys come in young into the, into the league, they perform well, their teams become competitive. You look at Dak Prescott, you look at where Lamar is now. I mean, I think this is Lamar's second contract now. Uh, I don't quite know, but even like Pat Mahomes, right? He just got paid for, and the, but he's been competitive with the Chiefs for you know for every year he's been there since he's so, been a starter. So, um, Leroy, so we so appreciate the call. We're we're up against a hard out, so I have to cut you off soon. Uh, I will say that I I bulk against that a little bit. I mean, Lamar right now is negotiating for his only other deal. He's been on a rookie deal, fifth five years of a rookie deal, unheard of for a quarterback of that caliber in the NFL. It's one reason that we talk about it so much. But, Joe, I feel like Deshaun Watson, I mean, there's a lot of examples of guys being paid for for what they think is going to be future production. 
Yeah, and again, when you're desperate, you'll overpay. Cleveland was under the Cleveland made a move for Watson and then was out of the race. I believe Atlanta had the better chance, and then Cleveland came in with a ridiculous deal and got it done. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smartphone.